Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Jessen. And I'm Juliet. And today we'll be reviewing The Viscount and the Vixen, the third book in Lorraine Heath's Hellions of Havisham series. But before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. If you want more romance discussions, follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom and join our Facebook group, The Spoon Zone, and follow my YouTube channel, Jessen Reads Romance. If you'd like some podcast extras become a patron of the podcast on patreon where we'll have extra content including exclusive episodes and give away free stickers books and bookmarks the read romance enamel pins are now available on my etsy shop sw read rom and special shout out to all of our lovely patrons we appreciate you and we love your support yay so juliet yes the last time that we saw each other you were a tattoo virgin. I was. And then and now no longer. you have your first tattoo. <laughs> I want to know about that experience of getting your first tattoo because it's a family um, tattoo. You all got it. It except was. Except for your baby. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, except for our 10-year-old. We did not tattoo our 10-year-old. I promise. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the my three oldest um, and my husband and I went and we got our family name in Elvish because we're all Tolkien fans, <laughs> diehard fans. And so – and, of course – it's beautiful. It is like look at the little details on it. Like I love the little like the aren't they like, beautiful? The, what do you call those? Like the little accent marks and stuff. Like, yeah, but oh, they each I have their them. own names. Like mm-hmm. you know, like in yeah. German, they have the little dots that are like umlauts. Yes, and stuff. yes, but, yes. But I don't know what these are called because these are specific to Elvish. Yeah, you know. And it like I love this like, little crow. Do you think there's a book on like the language of Elvish that Tolkien created? I'm sure because I mean it is a legit language because yeah. he was a linguistics. Um, professor and yeah. like, created this with like grammar and everything, which is so crazy. You still so need to crazy. watch Tolkien. You still need to watch I know. it. I still need it. So the, here's the funny thing about getting my tattoo. So uh, my uh, brother-in-law, Kevin's brother, your uncle, uh, Brett was like, you know, uh, stuff, just be prepared. Like hurts like hell. I'm like, because Brett has like. Brett's the most tattooed yes, out of all of my in the whole uncles. family. He's a, he has giant, like, yeah. a full calf-like tattoo and, like, all this stuff. He, he has a lot of them. And so a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, oh, my God, it hurts so much. And even my daughter, I was like, Mom, it just hurts so bad. And so I was legit preparing myself because I didn't know what it felt like. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm just letting you know. Katie was our little uh, artist, and she was amazing. I was like, I said, this is my first one. I said, I'm just letting you know. I'm like, I don't know what – to expect when you do it it's like well i'm just gonna do like one of the little accents first so it'll be really like so and she does something and like i legit like didn't even feel anything and then she just started tattooing she's like how are you i'm like oh so you, this is it i was like this <laughs> this is what it is i it does not like it did not hurt me at all i think it's also really good whenever you expect it to be extremely painful and then like because it's such a weird thing to describe like i it just feels like a um the way that i described it to some of my friends who like kind of contemplated getting tattoos and i'm the only tattooed friend in my friend group right i was like it feels like somebody who's like scratching the same spot over and over again it's irritating you don't want them to scratch that same spot over and over again but it doesn't like it's not like oh my god ow i want to get away from it but i've also not gotten tattoos in places that would be extremely painful yeah like i know that there's more painful yeah, when she got to the thinner skin toward my wrist, mm-hmm. a little bit closer to my wrist area, I mean, I definitely could feel it. I mean, it wasn't like a sensation like I didn't feel anything because yeah, 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 that's yeah. But silly. it wasn't like, oh it my God, it I'm was being not murdered. Painful. It literally did not hurt at all. And I think it had to do with, I'm like, I've had four kids. 
the last time I was in, I also had my tube side for J- after Jackson because we were done after four. And um, the, I, I re- legit remember them. I think I counted. They'd poked me like 14 times like with different IVs and different like – because I just had to go in and out. And I was in the hospital for two or three days for him after that. And I think I just – my pain threshold is higher. You yeah. know what I mean? Like – it's, I mean, Brett's never had children, you know? So it's like when you don't have to experience pain on any level, you know, and I it's think just, it's just different for other, for different people as well. Because yeah. my first tattoo that I got, I only have two. My first tattoo was on my ribs and I got a pretty hefty size tattoo on my ribs for my first mm-hmm. time. And everyone's like, that's one of the most painful spots because you're going over bone and it's not yeah. a very cushy spot on you. Right. But then I also have one on my inner bicep and I feel like that one was a little bit more painful. More. And that's where Noelle got hers. Yeah. That's where your daughter got your fa- the family Elvis yeah, tattoo. She had a little frowny face and one the whole time. And for me, I was like, it felt like he was tattooing my armpit and I was like this is very sensitive (laughs) so I found that the rib tattoo was more bearable than the fleshy part of my arm so it's like it's such a weird thing and I think like you said like everybody has different pain thresholds and I think when I was younger it probably would have hurt me much more Mm -hmm. than it does now but yeah I'm different now that's you know? <laughs> so that's so freaking cool yeah but I love we seeing loved all the it. pictures of all the family yeah, having so the fun. same exact tattoo like yeah. it's just such a sweet it was it i was, love their was, family um, so much i'm kind of obsessed with Juliet's family. <laughs> well you are part of the, our family i know but, but like you, your family our, unit, our immediate your, unit. Your unit yeah yeah but um it was it was a great bonding experience and i'm just like well whenever jackson's old enough we'll just as many of us are in town we'll all go together i'm you know not so knowing where all my kids will be living at the time i'm not getting that I know I'd be like, y'all, I hate one, needles. I refuse. Only one, the only one to not get tattooed. <laughs> yeah. So funny. So funny. All right, guys. Well, I – oh, I also did want to mention. So there was this book box. This is totally completely random oh my going goodness. back to books. But there was this book box that – oh, I forgot which I, – I haven't gotten any um, previous book boxes from their subscription, but I – uh, was definitely going to get the one with the Bridgertons. Oh, so the so Bridgertons beautiful. have some special covers for this book box, and I need to go uh, get the name of it. Once Upon a Book Club, that's what it's called. And it's the first three, which just so happen to be some of my favorites. If To Sir mm-hmm. Philip With Love was in there, it, w- it would be my favorites in there. But anyway, <laughs> they're going to be hardcover, beautiful, kind of like more like, I don't know, you know, whenever classics get rebound Redone, and stuff and like right. the Barnes and Noble specialty editions right. of classics. And they or do whatever. some really beautiful detailing. Yes, that's what they, it, it looks like. So mm-hmm. I ordered that. Y'all, they're <laughs> and it gorgeous. It's quite expensive, but they're really pretty. Gorgeous. And then the next three are coming out next year. So oh, it wow. will be a complete set eventually, mm-hmm. just not like. They're, All at they're, once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing it a little at a time. And I think the first book is supposed to be signed by Julia Quinn. Like, she Aww. agreed to sign the first oh, wow. copy. wow. So How nice. That'll be nice. I'll have two signed copies of The Duke and I because I got the <laughs> new one with the char- with the characters, with the actors on that one, the television right. one. And mm-hmm. I got that one signed because I ordered it from her university bookstore. <laughs> so that'll be fun. I'm just really excited. And, oh, man. I love historical romances. I've been like in historical romance mood. Yeah. And so like rereading The Viscount and the Vixen, it was like perfect. It's just what I needed. And it's I'm so, so excited to chat with it because we haven't chatted about this book. No. Um, yeah. We have not even talked at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for Juliet to finish this one and then I was like, oh, I tell you, it was just one so sad about. I'm so, so excited about yeah. it. So let's discuss characters. I, I, 
I love this series. This is my favorite Lorraine Heath series, The Hellions of Havisham, um, and it's just a trilogy. The first book that I read in the trilogy was the second one, and I debated on putting the second one on this podcast, but <laughs> I thought that some people might have an issue with some of the things that the hero did in the second one. I loved it personally. I gave it five stars. And I didn't have an issue, but I was like – once I read the third one, I was like, oh, we have to put the third one on here because yeah. the characters are just so freaking amazing. Ugh. But the whole premise for the series is that there are these three boys that are orphaned. Their parents were all on a train accident. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're best friends. They're all best. They're best friends. Um, the Duke, he's now the Duke of Ashby. And then there was the Earl of Grayling, and he has a twin brother who is, who is like the spare. And they, um, the parents are best friends with the Marquess of Marston. Right. And so they entrusted their children, like, if anything happens to us, you're going to go live with the Marquess of Marsden. The only right. problem is the Marquess of Marsden is also called the Mad Marquess. Yeah. And he, after his wife died, he, like, stopped all his clocks in his house and let his house just kind of yeah. go into disrepair. And he has a son, uh, Killian, um, the Viscount Loxley. Yeah. And he was just been alone for all these years. I know. Years. And, and so the boys just come and they like have this they're basically brothers. They grew up together and I just fucking I know. Love them I remember so much. the first one and I'm not going to be too spoilery but I remember in the first book I read I just that remember that moment when the young boys are delivered to the Marquess mm-hmm. and they see this ragtag boy about their age like wild looking like hanging about yeah. <laughs> you know sort of like <laughs> in the corners like this wild like child who's dark not, mansion. Yes. But and I never and I and I remember instantly feeling for him. And this is Loxley, mm-hmm. our our man for our this hero. Year, our hero in this book three, and having seen, uh, oh my God, how he was raised and how it affected him, you know, believing his father, you know, you know, not believing it, but his father being mad, seeing the uh, dead g- wife, the ghost wandering the moors, and all this crazy craziness, um, how it affected him. It just like it hit me in ways I wasn't expecting. Yeah, you know. Um, I don't know what I was expecting from this book, like how his romance would play out. I was just kind of like, it was so perfect. It was so freaking good, guys. So perfect. I'm so excited. So the premise of, um, the Viscount and the Vixen is that his father, Loxley's father, decides to take out an advert (laughs) for a wife. (laughs) <laughs> and um, a woman responds. And I love the conversation that's happening between Loxley and the uh, Marquis because he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to marry. And I'm married Loxley, today. Loxley's like, oh, my God, my mad <laughs> father is saying mad things again. You it's know like, what I'm saying? I'm getting married like, today. The vicar's coming in, too. Hurry yes, up. Yes, <laughs> she's on her way. And he was like, ha-ha, Dad. And he was like, no. I'm no, not. seriously? <laughs> no, seriously? I really did. I really did put an ad out in the paper looking for a wife because I need an heir. And Loxie's like, I'm your heir. And he's like, yeah, but you're not getting married anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I don't see you having kids. So, like, obviously I need a spare. Right. And so this woman knocks on the door and Loxie's just like, what the fuck is this craziness? Someone's actually here. Like, what? What is happening? Someone's taking advantage of my father. Yes. He's well known as the Mad Marquess. Obviously yes. this woman has ulterior motives Coming marry somebody who's like, you know, 25 years her senior. Yeah. And so he opens the door and here is Portia, Mrs. Portia Gadstone. 
a widow, and she has um, been selected for to, to be the wife of the Mad Marquess. <laughs> but the funny thing is, they have such an instant connection the second they like lay eyes on each other. Yes. But her response to him is like she's so badass and so no nonsense because she tells him she's like, okay, yeah, go get my trunks like right now, like let's speed this up. And he's like, do you think I'm a servant? And you think she's I'm a like, footman? Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> I love how Portia just like footman butler. I don't care. The trunks still need to be taken in the house like come on <laughs> snappy snap and she is not intimidated by Loxley mm-hmm. and it is just honestly I, I fell in love immediately with her I love their interactions yeah. it was so bantery and oh my god we get to learn so much more about the mad Marquess and I freaking love him yeah so much yeah. so Without further ado, if you've not read this book, we're going to the spoiler section so that we can talk about this first meeting in some more detail. All right, guys. Spoiler section. Yes. Spoiler section. Yes. So what did you think of Portia whenever she knocked on the door? (laughs) Loved her. Loved her. Especially because when we switched to her point of view, we we feel the trepidation she had. She's like, she knew he was not a footman. Yeah. But she was just like, you know, balls to the wall, like... Putting on her big girl panties and trying to uh, show a front that she knew who she was. She was, you know, should be respected and she should be, you know, you should wait on me, you yes. know, like that sort of thing. So she comes across to him as sort of like haughty. And of course, he's immediately like gold digger. Yes. Trying to get a title. This like, you know, who is this woman, you know, and first of all, and he can't help. But notice she is a gorgeous redhead. Beautiful. <laughs> um, couldn't get past that. And I love how she immediately, the first thing she notices are his electric, like, green eyes. Like, just in that dark hair. And he's so forbidding. Like, ugh. I just. I'm a sucker for dark hair. And, like, yes. Eyes. It's oh, like, me it has too. such a striking, oh, my striking gosh. image. But. Just. The, the, now it's, so it's instant attraction. We yes. definitely get instant attraction, but also, like, almost like instant enemies. Yes. Because he sees her as an enemy to, you know, a, uh, a threat mm-hmm. to his father and she sees him as a threat to her getting married we know immediately that she's running from something she's taken several trains to get here so mm-hmm. she would she, not be followed she, yes she's like i i never give anyone my name right so we know she's being secretive we just don't right. exactly know what she's we don't know running the history, from what she's running from we get lots of clues later on that yes. you can figure it out but yes I will point out, so since we're in the spoiler section and you should have read the book and I'm going to, <laughs> whenever I, upon my reread, I didn't notice in the very first chapter that we get from her point of view and she talks about, she's like, this child will have like, uh, I, I I have a child to protect or whatever. And I didn't realize that that was the biggest clue that she was already pregnant. And like, I didn't notice yeah. it the first time that I read it. Yeah. I, I was like, oh wait, because I totally missed it. Because whenever she got pregnant, I was like, it took me a minute. I was like that's fast to get pregnant well it can't be it can't be locks it's probably not his and that's yeah i didn't realize until later the first time that i was reading it that she had been pregnant before they got married but this time around i was like knowing that she was pregnant right it was so easy i'm like oh here's yeah. a hint <laughs> i knew she was i knew she was desperate i knew that's a, the first thing i thought is that she's already pregnant there's a bad guy in the background mm-hmm. who's obviously not going to take care of her and she's doing this because she has to. It's her only option. Like, I, I got that. But I love, then... I love that sense of desperation, too, because it kind yes. of, like, it's freeing in a way. Because yes. you're definitely going to do stuff that maybe you wouldn't normally be comfortable with. And like, right. And I also like how Portia, she is, um, she's pretty sure of herself, even though she's just, like, 
Obviously, I need some protection. Obviously, I need to ensure my yeah, future. But security. the way that she's talking to Loxley, the way that she handles him, because he's throwing out challenge after challenge, and she is not backing down. <laughs> and that's I fell in love with her almost instantly. So I was like, in the same way, I could totally see how Loxley yeah. was immediately attracted to her. Oh, because yeah. I'm just like, this guy's He even fun. like, oh my God, in that first conversation with the Marquess and him and her, and he's like throwing out these like challenges, like, and he says something like, like it's sexual. She's like, well, however he wants to, uh, behind me, upside down, like however he wants yes. to do me. Loxley, like Loxley like- basically was <laughs> just kind of like, I hardly believe that yeah. you, you're going to want to lay down be- be- beneath, uh, beneath my, my father. father who's like, who's shriveled as he like, you know, is, <laughs> is taking his pleasure on you. And she does not back down. And she's just like, um, we not might, we might not be laying down. We might be in all these other yeah, positions. He might take me from behind. He might take me upside down. He might take me over the desk and he's just and like Loxley is getting hard because he's imagining himself in all of these wonderful yeah. positions it's awesome. and I also really like how she's not a virgin how yes. she is like there is no you know shyness this is there's super, no shyness at all so for all of our sex positive people out there this is 100 percent incredibly sex yes. positive uh, especially for you know this era for mm-hmm. a woman um, and the thing is, what I love, there's so much to say. There's just so much I want to <laughs> say about the sexuality part of it, but I want to wait till we kind of get to... When they start having sex. <laughs> well, when they start having sex and when, when we discover, like, where she's been, even though yes. you already know it yes. if you've read the book. Um, so let's get, so let's get more into the story. So they have this moment where he says basically, you know, dad, he didn't say dad, but it's like, I'm going to take her for a walk around the place to make sure she really wants to like do this. Um, and we also find out that, um, she's locked into a contract, you know, and so she has to marry or pay like a hundred quid a day. I can't believe you were dumb enough to write a contract (laughs) that if she does not marry, today yeah then the the marquis has to pay her a hundred pounds for mm-hmm. every day that she goes unmarried yeah or he can pay her ten thousand quid yeah period and yeah. and be done if he wants to call off right but either way it's a very large sum of money to continually pay her but basically he wasn't dumb at all this is a no. way of getting his son to marry oh it's so good it's because so good. once once they have that conversation they go on the walk right and he ends up by kissing her yes. because i mean there's so much sexual tension yeah and he can't even control them. himself and he's he just, just like, like and, and she of course is just like no i'm about to marry your dad and he's like you're not married, you're not married yet, yet. Before you become my mom, like, haha, you're never gonna become my mom. So, like, but like, I just got to, like, she's so fiery. And that's what the part that I really love that I can see why Loxley would be. Uh, I always call him Loxley. Yeah, Killian. I call him Loxley, too. Um, <laughs> I, that's how he's I can referred. see why. I can see why he, he was absolutely like burning for her at this point. Oh my God. And y'all, when I talk about burning, like, his thoughts, and the thing is, and Jess and I have even had this discussion about how sometimes we'll read books and they have this instant lust and like it's, it's you know, she's fucking hot, fucking hot, la, 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 la. And it's like, it's almost um, not repulsive, but it's off-putting mm-hmm. that that's all they think about. Yes. But something about the way Lorraine Heath has described this series, I mean, this scene, these scenes, it's the exact opposite. No, yeah. Like it's 100% alluring. It. 
you beautiful. Know? I I absolutely love because it's exciting. It's like they're bantery though too because yeah. I think that it also is it has to do with the dialogue. What he's yeah. saying to her and what she's saying to him because if it if the dialogue and I'm thinking specifically in contemporary if it's very cheesy and stuff yeah. like that then it makes it a little bit less believable because then you're like if a guy came out with me with this line I'd be like completely turned off. But like everything that Loxley is telling her and she's throwing and back she's at throwing him. Back. I'm just like, this is hot, y'all. Well, hot. and it's a, intellectually stimulating for him because yes. he's like, I've never met a woman like this who <laughs> would like dare exactly. say these things right back to exactly. me. Exactly. You know, and um, so there's it, it's it is more than physical, honestly. Yes. You know, so <laughs> the contract. He's like, let so, me read that. Let me read that dad. contract, Dad. Um, come to find out. Um, it's basically for, uh, if he doesn't marry his father that he has to marry him. He's like, oh, oh, so did you even get a special license for today? Cause the vicar all of a sudden shows up. He's like, what the fuck? Like, this is legit. He's like, oh yeah, here's the special license. Well, um, Loxley's name is on the special license, yeah. not his father's. And he immediately is like, I'll marry her. Like he just automatically, he's like, I'm going to protect my father, you know, and just automatically marry her. But in after he really, got a taste, after he got a taste, he could say he, all he wants yes. that he's marrying her to protect his dad. Yes. <laughs> and, um, he doesn't want her to take advantage of his dad. But honestly, the second he laid his lips on hers, they yes. were, they were a thing. Yeah. So, he's like, I have to have her. Absolutely. I have to bet her. Like she has to be mine. Oh God. It was so good. So they end up by getting married immediately. <laughs> and and she like it's it's very interesting dynamic as well too because it's like there's barely any servants there's like right there's a, three a cook, servants in the a whole housekeeper house. in a in a butler no, and this is like some like ancient gothic looking estate too it's, it's, you know it's very it's, it's very great expectations miss havisham exactly that's stuff what, like that it has all the allusions to havisham yeah, in great obviously hellions of havisham yeah, yeah exactly Which i really loved i loved it as well <laughs> it, it was just enough like right. just enough just enough but not an illusion. too much yes. that i would be like reminded of me rereading great expectations yeah, which, which is I not nearly as exciting did not like this. it. Okay. <laughs> Look, I love Charles Dickens' stories, but I hate his writing. Mm. It's so droll. I never I never loved I like the concept of his stories. I don't actually right. like reading his stories. Exactly. Story, That's what I mean. The concepts, uh, the ideas are cool, but I don't want to read them. Yeah. But I love like um, Oliver Twist. I love those. And I never Christmas read Carol. Oliver Twist, the Christmas Carol is my favorite. I've read quite a few because a lot of them were assigned reading. So yeah. it's like, sorry. Well. But anyway. Classic sidetrack. All right. <laughs> um, back to the story. So after so. they're married, I love it how, so he's like excited. They need to take, <laughs> oh, so he yeah, wants to run excited. her a bath. Yeah, he's very excited. <laughs> he wants to run her a bath, but she ends up by falling asleep. Sleep. Yeah. And I like how it was kind of a tender moment too, because like obviously he could have woken her up. Right. Because she did say, like, he was like, I'm gonna prepare it. And she's like, Okay, I'm gonna go lay down, just come get me when I'm gonna it's rest ready. my eyes a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and he could have woken her up, but you know, he has this moment of like tenderness and just yeah. being like, Oh, she's so sweet whenever she's sleeping. And I, I love so <laughs> I know. And I love the next morning, like he's shaving, she wakes up and she's just like basically ogling him while mm. he's shaving. And he finally notices her and like says, Good morning, you know, and is like kind of being all cheeky with her. Yes in the mirror and um she's like well you know we can go ahead and like you know consummate, consummate the marriage now if you want and she's like he's like no the days are for you the nights are for me and this is like a thing he did in his own head he wanted to be sure he's separated like her days are for her this is the way i'm going to control myself that i can only have her at night because i can't let this this oh, feeling yeah. so bleed over about, into the day let's talk about his aversion to love oh yeah so 
understandably after growing up with a father who kind of neglected him and he only had like company true company whenever you know the kids came after their parents died he was like the way that his father was driven mad after the death of his mother and his mom died giving birth to him um and then his father has these like moments of melancholy that are just so yes and like he like you know he, he like wails at night like and he runs like, all, across the moors. He yes. has to lock him in and his room. And he, like, talks to his dead wife. It's very yeah. creepy, especially for kids. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> so, like, he was just like, if this is what love does to people, I don't I ever don't, want to do yeah. that. Like, why would I? This is horrible. <laughs> I don't yeah. ever want to marry somebody who I'm going to love. And so that's another reason why he, he was like, okay, I'll definitely yeah, marry I'll totally her. Marry because her. I can see she's she's mercenary. Like exactly. she wants something. And so like I'm going in I'm going into this marriage and I have all the information that I need. And, and I have all I've the never, control I, over I'm, my emotions. Yeah, exactly. I of course I think she's attractive, but like it's never gonna be anything more than that because I know what she really is. She's yeah. she's, you know, a gold digger basically. And I'm okay with that as long yeah. as she as long as she does her part and satisfies me in bed at night and he completely tells her that he's like look you are it's like the only reason i the only reason i want you or need you is mm-hmm. to warm my bed and to give me an air that's yeah, all like, the relationship the we bed need. will be the bedroom it's not going to be cold like i will give you pleasure yeah and she was like yeah we'll see because some men think that they can give women pleasure <laughs> but like then they really can't <laughs> and she in turn negotiates she's like well will i have an allowance and mm-hmm. he they negotiate her allowance and in her head she's like okay i can save the majority of that right because i will never i, I will run. never mm-hmm. be dependent on anybody else again and i'll never be penniless again so we get all these little bitty hints that she's yes been ill treated by a man in the past right and um so and she even kind of mentions um that she was she was married that's obviously she's mrs yeah. gadstone and she says she's like yeah i loved him but not so much in the end like we get these little glimpses yeah. that she obviously thought she was in love but it didn't work out as well yeah and so she's and she does fine like, with his arrangement and that's yeah. what i love about it she's not kind of she doesn't go into this marriage being like oh well, one day he'll probably love me she just like yeah this is perfect this is a perfect arrangement yeah. if you don't fall in love with me this is all the better well all and better. she also knows that she is manipulating and tricking him into raising this child as his own yeah so she knows so and and i even remember like he says something kind of cruel when they're right before they marry like when the vicar's there and stuff and i can't remember and she goes well he gets what he deserves like she kind of and and i totally understand her feeling this way it's like if he's gonna treat me like that basically like a live-in you know whore (laughs) then you know he gets what he deserves i will warm his bed but he will also you know give me the safety and security for me and and interestingly enough like we've already said she's going into this marriage knowing that she's pregnant the reason why she didn't really feel too bad about it is because she was originally really thought she was going to marry the marquis right and he already has an heir and she expected that killing would one day get married and have his heirs right and so her baby would never actually be Be an heir heir and be in line to inherit the title or the lands or anything so she she wasn't feeling bad that she was totally oh. duping you know them but now right. since we should she couldn't backtrack out of the Killian uh contracts so. exactly so let's get to the let's get to the relationship though so they start so finally finally they have she's sex. so freaking <laughs> bold though okay yes. she is absolutely bold and whenever they have sex like i love it because she's like 
wants pleasure. Yeah. Like she is anticipating like, oh my God. Yeah. He could bring me pleasure. And it is. It's such a hot sex scene. And you just know. Loxley, it's there's a ticking time <laughs> bomb where it's just like, how how long is it gonna take you to fall in love with this girl? Not no yeah, because no I mean and he's taking her like three times a night and then yes, waking her up and all going night. again. Like and y'all. Then in the morning in the breakfast in the breakfast room, okay? He's like making like these little comments, these innuendos yeah. and she's like giving him right back like like, oh yeah, you sure tired me out and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's so much fun. Like their relationship is so much yeah. fun. So he tells her like, oh, I'm going to go check on the mines. Like obviously do whatever yeah. you want. So she just has to do some exploring because she's kind of fascinated by this whole, this history of this house. Yeah. There's no service to take care of it. Everything is dusty. Yeah. All the furniture is in tatters. And most of the doors are locked, and there's only a couple rooms that are used, like the dining room, and like there's one like little study. <laughs> dining room and like one parlor. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. And so she asks the housekeeper for the keys. The housekeeper's resistant because obviously there's been no lady of the house for in forever. But she ends up by finding this music room, and she wants yes. to clean this room up because mm-hmm. she says that she um it, it, it like called to her, yeah. it spoke to her, and I love how he comes back from the mines, which she does not know that he's actually yeah. working uh, in the Yeah, mines. we need to definitely mention that. So there's something, and he calls her, it's when she asks for his, her allowance, of course, she's like, he calls her like a little mercenary little woman. Of course, I'm going to give you your allowance, whatever. Yeah. Um, but we do start to get hints that he is concerned because basically what's happened is while he, when he became a majority, he went on travel. So he's like been spending most of his time traveling around the world, you know. Which is why they got their moniker, the Hellions of Havisham, because they right. traveled the world and did, you know, like all kinds crazy, of stuff. Cra- crazy yeah. little kids. You yeah. Know? They're like, he's almost like an adrenaline junkie, mm-hmm. you know, of exactly. the Exactly. All of them were like yeah. that. And so when he returned and his father was not paying much attention to what was going on in the mines, he finds out that the tin had dried up and they had not found like any more veins and they needed to find more um, veins of the tin in the mines. And so he just couldn't just sit back and wait. So he had to get in there. And it's it's to the point now it's been a couple of years since they've you know, found new. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, the money they're it's not, not like they're not destitute. destitute. Right. But But it could get there one day if they don't if they didn't find yeah. s- some more. They right. or supplement their so, income in yeah. some so other he, type like, of way. He basically is like um he he dresses in the morning like an aristocrat, a nobleman, and then he changes into like mine work clothes. Yes. And then he comes back and bathes and redresses before she sees him. Yes. Like sort of So she's yeah, unaware. So she's at unaware first. Of what's she going obviously on. discovers it later. Right. Um I love friend. it that he he finds her and he hears this, like, kind of, like, this scream, and he sees her, and she's dressed, like, she has a little, like, um, handkerchief <laughs> over her hair, and she's, like, dusting. She's, like, cleaning by herself. Oh, yeah. She's on, on her knees, but and they're scrubbing. But then he's laughing because he's like, are those my Hessians? And she's <laughs> like, well, your foot's bigger than mine, and so it's, like, easier to kill spiders, and also I feel like I, it gives me more protection from spiders. Like, they're huge. They're huge, <laughs> yeah, they're, man. They're, they're really big. <laughs> and he's kind of, like, laughing at her, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, she looks so cute. She's kind of like a little dirty and she's wearing <laughs> men's boots and stuff but she's like she doesn't lose any of that swagger because yeah um she basically says like he, he's like okay well you need to get cleaned up for dinner and stuff 
And she's like, okay, well, perhaps I won't wear anything under my dress um, mm-hmm. tonight while I'm at dinner. And, like, he, <laughs> well, like, groans in the background. So she loves teasing him. Like, they have a very good sexual relationship. Right. They very much connect in the bedroom at night whenever right. it's their time, you know? But um, I, I love it because she goes into the dining room and he's like, by the sway of your skirt, you're not wearing any petticoats. And she's like, no, <laughs> I'm just wearing a corset because otherwise it won't fall the way it should. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, and I am wearing stockings because of the shoes, but like you don't have to take those off. Like you don't have to take those (laughs) off. You could, you could, you know, you could tuck me without taking those off. And then he has the image of like her legs in the air with her stockings and her shoes on. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. There's so many good moments where he's just like, can I bang her right here and right now? I know. And then he's like, no, I'm breaking my rules. I'm breaking my rules. Like, like it's not until the night. Wait wait till you have your port. Like he's always trying to like control himself, but he's so attracted to her. It's like, he is obsessed. Spraying so at the edges. I love this first night where they go to the music room and he opens it up and it is beautiful. It's completely oh, restored. She's done so such yeah. great work. It is completely restored. It's beautiful. And he's like, Will you play for me? So she he sees her playing. He's like, I've never been jealous of a piano before. But like she's so like passionate. She's like lost in it. So he crawls under and she stops while playing. she's playing. And he goes, Keep playing. So she keeps playing. So he basically goes to eat her out while she's playing, and then in comes the Marquess. Devil's going on in here. He's like, he's like, he's like, um, Loxley, what you, what you doing? What are you doing there? He's like, you know, I'm making sure that the chords sound right. He goes, I was, I was tuning something out of key or something. And the dad absolutely knows. And honestly, one of the funniest things to discover is that the dad has such a good sense of humor, and he likes actually talking about how like he and his wife are pretty much mad for each other. He's like, like, you know, you were probably conceived on top on top that piano, and and, and Loxley, dad. I don't want to know. I don't want to know any of these. And like, I love how she loves it though, because she's just like, I think that that's wonderful mm-hmm. that y'all couldn't get enough of each other. Yeah. And it was just like, it's, it's pretty funny because Locke is scandalized that his father is talking right. about him and his mother. So and like, but it's charming. It's yes. charming to find and out. There's, so there's two things that starts to happen about this point. One is that the Marquess talks about his mother more and more and more. And lastly, for the first time, is hearing stories about his mother he never heard before. Yeah. About how she loved the piano, about how she loved that play that playing that He's song. He's sounding more coherent. Right. More present. Right. And like not just talking about like, oh, I'm seeing the ghost of my dead wife. He's actually sharing memories, memories instead of being exactly. like kind of more crazy. Yeah. And, and then she even had asked him. She's like, Loxley, have you ever asked him? He's like, no, because I didn't want to make him sad. Upset, yes. And they were kind of wondering, um, well, Locke was kind of wondering if seeing this music room would make him upset because the one the reason why he stopped all the clocks and didn't take care of the house is because he didn't want anything to change. He didn't right. want any of her memory to be quote unquote erased. But then whenever he walks in, he was like, she loved this room. Right. Like, and now, like, I, it's breathed new life into right. it. And I love it. And I love to hear you play. She loved playing the piano. And so it's like, it's doing him good. Right. It's doing him good right. having these rooms restored. And it's like, it's also like a restoration of the relationship between the Marquess exactly. and Locke. And it's so beautiful. That's what, yes, that's so what I was going to say. That's the second thing we start to see. It's like this revival of their relationship and a revival of the Marquess 
like his interest himself. in the world. Yes. You know? And he just like, you know, it's like she has brought something to the house that they had been missing. Yes. And it's life. Just, she it breathed new life beautiful. into this house. So she starts to clean, like she starts to go around to many rooms and yes. starts her, basically her slow restoration of room by room. And she, yeah, and there was like this like personal library. Right. There was a library. Yeah. There was a parlor that um his uh, mother used to read in and like all these beautiful places that have been neglected. And so he also says, go ahead and hire whoever you need so he hires footmen he hires like more maids she and her a own lady's maid her lady's like, maid cully she's so cully cute. who's like not she's like oh miss that that position would be too high up for me and she's like no i like i like this and like oh, yeah. he's very endeared by the fact that he knows that she's a hard worker yeah. and that he appreciates other people who do hard work as well right right and it's um, it's so great. it's just so cute I it is this book. so one day he comes back from the mines and he sees her working diligently um with a couple of the footmen, a couple of the ladies' maids, and he notices that one of the new footmen's, you know, happens to be quite strong and strapping and handsome. And she goes to fall right off a ladder. He's just sitting there watching her work. And when she goes to fall off the ladder, he steps forward, but she's caught by the footman and he immediately wants to like punch, punch the him. footman. <laughs> wants to punch the like, footman. Don't touch my wife. <laughs> like just like he's, he's so, so it's like he's like, why am I so because obsessed? Because the footman, you know, is a little enamored of, of her. Portia because she's just so sweet and amazing. And he like Locke is just like, that's my wife. I'm going to go bang her now. Thanks. Yeah, like Portia, you're done for the day. Come with me. Like, don't. Yeah, this is one of the day day sex moments because he's yes. like he can't wait any longer. He cannot. Wait. He has to like stamp his like mind, mark his territory. Yes. <laughs> oh, awesome. So there's this moment where they invite his the other Hellions of Havisham. Right. They come to greet the new bride. Yes. And she's just a tad bit nervous because she mm-hmm. knows, like we said, she's a commoner and it's not a secret that she's a commoner. Right. Um, and I really love that moment whenever they're standing in the drive waiting for the carriages to um, approach the door and they're having a little moment where they're kind of joking how, oh, you didn't like me whenever you met me. And Portia's like, yeah, I thought you were an ass. <laughs> and, um, He's like, yeah, and I thought you were like a grubby little mercenary, whatever. <laughs> and um, so you should, it shouldn't matter what they think of you or whatever. And she was like, well, I'd like to think, I, I'd like them to like me just a little bit. And like, yeah. there's this moment where Locke was just like, they're going to fucking adore her. And like, <sighs> you can, see, it's implied they're going to adore her because I adore her. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's all these yeah. little moments. I think Lorraine, he's really good at this, is of outwardly, he's telling everybody. Mm-hmm. Even whenever Ash comes and even whenever, you know, Grey comes yeah. and there is no love. Like, no, I'm not in love with her. No. We we know that he's just he's just lying to himself at this point because everything that he thinks about her, the way that he looks about her, yeah. it points in the opposite direction that he's saying he is. <laughs> and I love that they're like, okay, Locke, okay, whatever. Whatever you say. <laughs> they're uh, always smirking at him. Uh-huh. Yes, I love it. And so it, the dinner goes off without a hitch and they're in the music room and they're having a really good time. And um, I love how like Gray and Julia, they're like, oh, it's I'm so tired. Like, let's go to bed. And like Locke's just like, yes, let's all go to bed. I would like to go be with my wife. I would like to go wife. to bed and be with my wife and tup her three or four times. Yes, and it's just so amazing. And I really just like how they liked her. They liked her. But yeah. um, also, he kind of like – there was a moment where Ash is just – Oh well, what's her father saying? Like, what was her what was her name before she yeah. got married? What was her name before Gadstone? And before Locke had kind of been okay with not with having not a lot knowing of that any of her history. But now he's a little bit more interested in her. Yeah, because that was part of the reason 
as well is because he's like, well, I'm not really interested in what she what she's about. Besides, as long as she gives me an heir, yeah, and as that's long all as I she care never about. denies me her bed, whatever. I'm I know good. she's a commoner. This is nothing new. Yes, but right? now it's kind of like, well, I want to know your past. Yeah, I want to know a lot about you and why. Is and that? he does he's start falling for her. He does start start to suspect that she's hiding something because she's mm-hmm. always like avoiding. She goes, I don't want to talk about my past anymore. And she does give him some hints, like, yeah. yes, my father used the switch on me, and my father, like, he, she does kind of given that she had a strict household that she was kind of a rebellious child mm-hmm. you know and, and that, that their her the reason why she needs a husband or once i was, was looking for a husband because she couldn't go back to her family right that her they family disowned basically, her, basically disowned her she has no one she has no one right. and um why not why not yeah. marry the marquis but so then we have the morning of breakfast yes right before they leave and she doesn't um, come to breakfast. She doesn't come to breakfast. And immediately the women are like, um, we're going to go up and check on her. And tells Kelly, bring her some like toast, like dry toast. Yes. Wheat tea. tea and like a little you know, bit of honey like, in And it. I'm like, like, oh yeah, this is morning sickness food. Yes. And so, I love how he like assumes like, oh, she's oh. probably on her period. It's like, oh my God. Her menses. I love the call menses. Um, I know at first he's, at first though, he's like, immediately distraught thinking she's oh my Ill. god that part like, was funny because he yes. like leapt up from the table and he's like she's never ill she says she's never ill so what is this a serious illness and like the ladies the are just like we just think it's a it's, it's a woman thing and he's like oh okay, oh, okay. okay. her mints it's a and like that i love how it. his friends are kind of like sure you're not in love with her yeah. okay and then he does think he's like well she hasn't had her period basically since she's been here and she's been here almost a month so yeah so that seems about right she should be having her period but of course we go up there come to find out um yes she's pregnant she's with child and and, and this is where we're such like such an interesting conversation yeah. because yeah. This is where I was like, oh, no, oh, yeah. she was pregnant the whole time. Yeah, she is. Because pregnant the whole time. she's talking to the women, and the women are like, oh, could you possibly be pregnant? And she's like, well, it's only been a month. It's too soon to tell. She keeps and saying like, it's too Julie, soon. It's yeah, too it's soon. too soon. It's too soon to tell. And Julie's like, well, it could have been the first time that y'all had sex. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't it could, have it, to be. It could have been. And, like, we can see how she's so reluctant to admit that she's pregnant. Right. She's so reluctant to right. be like, she's yes, terrifying. I possibly could be pregnant. Because it is a possibility yeah, that but she could be would, pregnant for a You would probably not have morning sickness that soon yes it comes in about yes. two months there was a conversation where they were like oh but like i shouldn't be having morning sickness this early and i think um minerva was One like said, i didn't well, have I it did. until i was like two months along and then julie said i was sick the whole time so yeah. it's like you know it's kind of yeah. like i love she? how i love yeah. how lorraine heath is giving her an out yes you know um yes and of course, you know Locke is just has his reaction. Yeah. Oh God! It, like, it's it's it hurts because one of his first thoughts is she. Could what die? if she dies? <laughs> what if she dies? Like it's not Mom. even about. He gets upset because it's not even about. He's like, I just thought we had more time, and she and then she gets defensive, thinking he's he suspects he suspects, but it's really just he wanted more time with her because he's afraid now. Yeah, um, he's afraid that she'll die give, in childbirth. Yes. But I like how she realizes. It though too because she's like you know I'm young I'm healthy I'm healthy it's not gonna happen it's not whatever yeah. happened to your mom it's not gonna happen to me and like Loxy's very just kind of like well, you don't know that yeah. you don't know that and but she internally of- is kind of like 
obviously the death of his mother has affected him a lot more mm-hmm. than he wants to let on. Like he wants yeah. to say that he's fine. Yeah. It was fine, but it's not obviously if he yeah. has these fears. And he keeps trying to convince himself, well, she had a child before and that one died, but she was okay. So yeah. maybe this time it will be okay. Yes. You know? And so, and that was all confusing me. I'm like, she had a child with someone else and she's pregnant again. Like that was what was bothering me the whole time. It's like, if she made a mistake, like with some bad guy, which we don't know, don't know about, First, why would you do it a second time? But we come to find out that the child she was speaking of was actually the previous mistress of yes. Monty. Yes. So let's get to he brings her to London. Yes. He brings her to London. So, he wants to show her off. Oh, in and front there was of the also time. a moment though too, whenever they want more furniture, a dressing, a dresser drawer oh, yeah, for her. Yeah. And they go into the village and they mention that their marriage was announced in the village at the town crier. Mm-hmm. And she's kinda like, Yeah, well like, do you think it made it in the Times? Do you and think he was like, No, do you want it to? And she's like, No, 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 that's Anybody. And so she's like very reluctant to talk about London. Even or to go to London. Or to go to London. And so she kind of is just like, well, I thought that we could go to London like next year. Like maybe yeah. not this year. We could just stay here, you know? He's like, no, I want like to put our best foot forward. Like you're about yeah. to have our baby. And like, yeah, we, we have we to have him well accepted to the, in society and everything. Yeah. And it's partly because his father's been so removed from society for like the past 30 for years. So and so he's like, well, we need to make a good impression in society right. to make sure that our child and- is the best yes and and he is so proud of her he wants everyone to see how beautiful his wife is how wonderful his wife is the pearls and he's like i had to buy them for you and like she had previously told him like you can stop giving me my allowance until we find more tin like right you know and he's like no like i i want you to have nice things i want you to have this necklace throws the money at her yes (laughs) i mean she throws the money back at him yes like take it back i love it i love it (laughs) but and oh god that moment whenever he just like he gives her the necklace and you could he's like on the verge of like accepting that he's in love with her her. yeah you can just see it because he even goes which we get a very interesting hint right here but he goes like one of the nights to, to go to, to the gentleman's club as they're want mm-hmm. to do and he is bored out of his ever loving mind all he wants to do is get home to he her. wants to get home to his wife he does have a discussion with somebody else who beaumont, beaumont. i knew he was the one uh, monty monty yes monty. and he was asked he's like oh yeah what what was your wife's name again like uh, uh peony peony um it's like uh, no it's it's, it's Portia. i'm like yeah i have something to do i'm gonna leave now yeah and so i I love how she's bored too at home yeah. and she feels a little bit lonely yeah. and then she hears the horses the carriage because she's up late at night she can't go to sleep without him there and she sees him like jump out of the carriage before she's- it has stopped <laughs> and so she's like something oh is wrong something happened something happened and something's wrong so she's racing downstairs she's like what happened what's wrong and he was just like he was just like I just missed you. <laughs> like, is your father all right? Like, it no. Was so amazing. I was just like, God, why? Yeah, they're so in so love at this point. They're so cute together. They're so in love, but we feel that moment of doom. Oh, we, we just know, know it it's coming. We know coming it's coming. Because there's a ball. Everybody's going to be there. She's wearing her pearls. She looks amazing. <sighs> He's frightfully jealous of every man who dances with her, which is hilarious. And then Gray is or Ash is over there in the corner going, Why are you scowling and growling yeah, at everyone? Like you, you dance with her so many times. Like, why why don't we go up to the card room and stuff? And he was like, like, oh, obviously you must be in love with her if you can't like go of her for one for dance. For one minute. And he you was can't like, I'm not in love with her. I'm gonna go play cards right now. And like <laughs> 
I'm going to prove you wrong. He starts walking up the stairs and then changes his mind. I know he sees her walking out to the terrace. <gasps> well, let me go no. see if she's okay on the terrace. No. So it's honestly it's, it's, the cutest. It is the cutest it's moment. It's cutest. beautiful. And of course, it's fucking Ruined. shattered by Beaumont. Because she is she's high on life, high on like everything. She's out there by herself just catching a breath because they literally have been dancing. She's been dancing nonstop. Yes. And then Monty comes and he puts his hands on her. He like grabs her arm and uh, grabs like, oh, her. He even grabs her face. Yeah. Like he's like trying he's to be very intimate aggressive. with her. You know, very just intimate. Being like I wondered where you went and stuff like, like that. And like, like you know, you still love me. Come to me tonight. And she's like, No, I'm married. You know. And you does he know that me. you were my mistress for two years? And like, I'm yeah. sure he'd love to have that information and stuff like that. And it was just like, yeah, he threatens the her. worst moment when it was Locke comes out. And then of course, uh, then we hear, "Get your hands off my wife." Yeah, and oh! then Monty tells him everything. He tells basically him. like, "Oh, did." she tell you that she was my mistress yeah. that we were together for two years mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you and might want to count, count the months like I see mm-hmm. you're expecting some happy news or whatever you might want to carefully count those count months that back a little bit yeah because I'm pretty sure that one's mine that's yeah. the baby's mine and like lock hauls off on him <laughs> I love beats it. him okay and he was like don't approach my wife don't touch her don't talk to her and if you ever Hint to anybody that this child is anything other than mine. I'll fucking kill you, okay? Look, that <sighs> moment where he threatens him, it's like, if you, like, he says, if you look at her, I will cut out your eyes. If yeah. you talk to her, I will cut, cut out, out your, your tongue. tongue. I'm like, yes, Loxley, fucking yes. Juliet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm all excited about it. <laughs> and, oh my God. So but then, she is just like, she's like, I can't explain. And, he does not want an explanation right now. He is extremely like, angry. Yeah. Extremely he, angry. I, I totally understand. I understood his, his anger reaction. too. Yeah. He's just like, don't speak. Because to me. everything's like coming clear to him. Everything's right. becoming clear. She manipulated clear. me. Yes. She was pregnant with another man's child. Yeah, like this and, child is not mine. Yeah. Me believe and that now, this child's mine. Right. And now like, this child's gonna be could be my heir. If yeah, it's a boy. And it's a boy and she's like, it could be a girl and, and he was like He's like, oh wouldn't that be great? Yeah. He's like, oh this was what's so sad because she goes he's, he's I was mean I'm praying right for here. he's so mean. He's like I've been praying for a girl. She goes he goes, oh you would you little tart. Like he like calls her and I'm like no don't love Oh me, no he's don't, like definitely don't. being extremely oh. you know he's hurt and he's lashing he's out. He is and like th- that's those moments where like this situation, I understand why he's... Absolutely. The, I mean, look, I don't expect my heroes and heroines to be perfect. They're going to get angry. They're going to say mm-hmm. things they shouldn't. They're going to... And we know that he's going to regret them. And that's yes! the thing that, like, yes. the way that they are together before gave me extreme hope. I'm like, he just needs to have his moment where he is throwing his tantrum. That the right. woman that he's fallen in love with has, you know... Manipulated mis- him. Misled him the whole yes. time as to her true intentions and where she was from. And, like... So he gets like really drunk that night and he basically, he approaches her for an explanation while he's drunk. And so she tells him, she tells him that, you know, I was the daughter of a vicar and they were very, very strict. And I met him one night at a festival because his estate is around the, my village. Mm-hmm. And he was just so sweet and he said all the right things. Right. And whenever my father found out that we were kind of carrying on and in secret, they disowned me. And he was like, well, come with me to London. He set her up in this townhouse. And this is very interesting. 
interesting. That there's this whole road of townhouses in mm-hmm. London that is basically is called Mistress Row. It's yeah. all the townhouses but where also the gentleman we keeps should, the mistresses. We should definitely mention, which you probably already know this, but I mean, I think it was important to know that she did not immediately sleep with him. Like he was very, it was very like we had kisses and he, he yeah. promised to love me and he said, come to London, I'll take care of you. She is immediately assumed he's going to marry her. Yes. Right? It's all with the intention that she would just like, he kept saying like, it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. Not quite yet. He's lying to her. And she, he's and manipulating she says, her. And she, I love the, the way that she tells Locke. She's like, you may never have wanted to be loved, but everything he was telling me, the way that I grew up, like this is everything I ever I wanted. wanted. Like this is mm-hmm. what I wanted. I wanted somebody to be so obsessed with me and, and to like, love me take and care, care of me. me. And like, he put me in this house and I thought it was temporary, but like it was more than I've ever had before. So yeah. who was I to question right. this? You she was 19. Yes. And like she was young and she was in love. And so, of course, she wasn't, you know, seeing how he was hiding her away with no intention of ever marrying her. Right. And then when she found out that she was pregnant and he was basically like, that's fine. We're going to farm the baby out and someone else is going to take oh, care yo, of the baby. The farming. And whenever she, whenever she gives the explanation, she's like, do you know what farming is? And Locke is Sophie, just like. Her, no, so- Sophie is her good neighbor yes. who helped her get away from him and who also told her. She's also a mistress. Farming. She's a mistress that lives next door and it's like basically her best friend. Yeah. You know, they're in a similar situation. So they often spent time together. And um, the only other person who was kind to her, the only person she ever saw, really. But she was the one who said, farming is not like just giving a child out to be raised by someone else. It's it's being sold to be killed by someone else. Yes. And she was like, the, the, the previous mistress of Monty... Um, got pregnant and mm-hmm. they took the baby as soon as she had it. And, and she was too later to after she recovered from childbirth, she tried to find the kid, but it was too late. It, the They'd baby already was already him. dead. And um, he got tired of her because she was obviously distraught that her baby died. Yeah. And so he just like let her loose. Like I yeah. want to find. Lockley's horrified at this too. He's yes, like, this, this is, is something. Like, this is like deep dark. This is dark the shit, y'all. And by the way, there is an author's note in the back that discussed farming. That, that it, was real. It was a real thing, which you know? I was like, Jesus, I know, Christ, I know. Mean, it really, it really gave me, and it shows her desperation. Yes, it wasn't just that she needed security and money; it's that she was saving her child's life. Yes, you know, yes. and so, and she knew that if she married a butcher or a baker or someone in her own, like a commoner. He would she not needed, go be able to go up against the man in the aristocracy. Yes, you know because of the way the things were, the she laws somebody who protected would be the aristocrats. Enough. Yeah, right. So she needed somebody who could go against him. It would have to be another nobleman. Yeah, you know. And the advertisement that uh, that was like perfect for her. Yeah, she was actually she was like, looking for signs of the farming in the newspaper yeah. and stumbled across. The Marquesas, which it's like fate. Yeah, advertisement. Absolutely fate for so, her. Yeah. So Loxley goes, y'all, he goes to sleep thinking, okay, okay, I understand everything now, but, you know, and so he just basically snuggles but he's up. fucking foxed. And so. He's, yeah, he's so drunk, he just falls asleep, like curled and, around Until her. like noon the next day. Yeah. And so. And by that time, she's been gone for like seven hours. Yeah. Because she's, she realizes now what she did was wrong. She didn't understand that at the time, she was only thinking of her child. She did not think about. <sighs> Their and she side. says that she, oh, this, oh, God, why does this break my heart so much? But she says, um, you know, like, what I feel for you is nothing to what I felt for him. And, like, he gets extremely angry because he was like, 
oh, so that makes me feel better that you, you, you love somebody who is such a disgusting person like him and you love me. Like, what does that say about you? Like, oh why, God. why would I want to be that grouped in with him? Um, like, no, 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 no. And so it's so heartbreaking because she is saying, you know, I love you. And he's basically saying, like, it, it doesn't mean anything. betrayed me. And, yeah. like, you're kind of he's, like a whore. He's not in a place where he can even accept any of so that. So she knows. She just, like, I, it's I never can't gonna go be. back from this. Yeah, I she's like, go even, back from this. And I love her thoughts as she goes to sleep because she's like, if it's a son, then the heir of Havisham will be a non, you know, uh, blood it will not be his bloodline and even if it's a girl he starts thinking about even if it's a girl it will never be his and he'll always think of so she's just thinking it'll never work yeah so i need to leave like him. i ruined his life i ruined his life and I like i love to, him and i can't hurt him yeah. this way i need to leave him i need to divorce him and let him find some other woman and, and yes. have an heir with her and so oh so he wakes up and she's gone she's been gone for hours so of course he tries to track her down but she's a smart girl she got off in the first mail coach in the first town and um covered her tracks and went back to london and so he doesn't know quite where to go i love that he goes to her parents first yes not necessarily that he thought she would go there but just because he wanted to see for himself yeah what she had lived through and he sees like just the dad is horrible horrible man still talking about her he's like she's dead to us yeah and like you know? she always had the devil in her and la, yeah. la, la, and like she always yeah just, i love how like loxley is like she's a viscountess now and like she will be <laughs> later in marchioness and like she deserves respect and and he was like that don't mean shit like the dad just like not respecting at all yeah and loxley's just like oh these but people. then he, but then he, he's like uh he's like one day i'm gonna punch him he's like screw that turns around and punches him, punches him in the face. <laughs> and, then, and then leaves and he's like oh i love that so then he he's like okay who else monty mm. he goes to monty who's playing cards i love how beaumont is immediately terrified yeah his like voice starts squeaking he's like (laughs) he's like he's like meet me outside he's like follow me outside he's like uh the library the library he can't kill me in the library yes yes so um he basically demands the address of where he's like well i've got another lover there she won't be there he's like give me the fucking address basically and um, oh my god i love how he says like you know you will never speak about he reiterates again like don't hint to your previous relationship because this child will never be yours. Like yes. I don't want any any whisper of this child not being legitimate yeah. anywhere. Like yeah. this is no longer your thing. And like Monty even says like, you know, for what it was worth, I really loved her. And I'm just like, people like this can't love because like right. and he mentions he was just like you know um i need to marry somebody for money i did love her but like i need to marry somebody who's really rich because we don't have enough money and locks like but you have enough money to set up a yeah. mistress multiple yeah. mistresses and he was like well you know the priorities man you know what was interesting <laughs> is I, when they end up and this is later when they end up seeing they end up staying in london for a while and for this season and they see monty again who never approaches him again but always looks sad and forlorn it's so it's like it's you're right they're the it's the kind of person that's too selfish to truly love but it's like they're sad for what they missed for yeah. what they can't have because like they could totally not, break the cycle like he willoughby, totally willoughby change it but he doesn't want to yeah willoughby and sense and sensibility like it's 100 percent yeah this guy you could choose not to be this guy but you want yeah. to be this guy and so it's your own fault yeah. so we don't fucking care if you're sad beaumont yeah, yeah. you're a horrible you human suck it monty suck it so 
I love it. She's not. She went go visit her friend, and she's, she's basically is telling Sophie, you know, like obviously I have to let him go because I've hurt him, whatever. And I love how he charges in, and uh, th- oh they're like, God. "Oh, gentleman callers here." And uh, I love how Portia just like, "What is he doing here?" And she was like, "He's like, I'm bringing you back." He goes, "I've come to fetch you home." I've come, to fetch y'all. This moment. So. Okay. She's basically just like, I have a plan. It's okay. It's okay. I know I betrayed your trust, <gasps> but like, hear me out. We're going to fake my death. <laughs> and, We're going to fake my death. And um, we'll quietly get divorced and you'll be able to marry somebody else and like and, have and legitimate so, right. children. And have legitimate children. I'll be out of the way. She's yes. like, it's like, you know, but you can't die. She's like, well, no, no, you know, I'll adopt a new name. It'll protect you totally. But I love this moment. He is so fucking calm and so collected. Calm. And like, and he goes, no. It's never no. going to work. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And he he keeps like everything she says, just like, no, but this would work. And he's like coming closer and closer and closer and closer to her. And she's like, can't back up anymore. And she like, stay still. And he's like, that's not going to happen because I am desperately in love with you. Yes. And I'm never going to let you go. And yes. I was just like, oh, my God. Yes. It was so And I love how she's good. like, you know, melting. But, this sh- but then she's like, you know, this child. And he was like, it'll be our child. It'll like, be ours. It will be ours. ours. It's like, what do we tell our fathers? That it's ours because it yeah. is. It is ours, and it doesn't matter. If it's a boy, it's ours. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And she was like, I hope it's a girl. And he was like, I don't care either way. I don't care either way. And it was just so beautiful. It's and they're like, let's leave London. I know. <laughs> after after they spend some time, they're like, okay, we can go home now. And they so kind of, yeah. They kind of, like, did the rounds. They're yes, good. They yes, go back to they Havisham. They didn't linger in London because, you know, Havisham is their home. Yeah. And so then we have um, a little fast forward to where she is going in labor. She's, like, chilling with the, the Marquis walking about. <laughs> and she's having some labor pains. And the Marquis is just like, I think we should call for the physician. And I love how, like, in her point of view, she's still trying to protect um, the knowledge that right. this is not the true heir. But, like, Locke has already had a conversation with Marsden. And he was like, when did you realize that she was – that the baby's not mine? He's yeah. like, she was showing way too early. Like, I totally it's knew. Like I but, knew. like, it doesn't – it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because yeah. we know more than anything – that family is not always blood related, and they're talking about the boys that I he adopted. I love this so comparison. It was so perfect. Beautiful. It was so perfect. And so she's in labor, and the Duke of uh, the Duke, the uh, Marquis, has a moment where he's having like some PTSD flashbacks, and he was like, "She's gonna die." Oh my god! I was like, "Why are you saying I'm this like, shit?" <sighs> and like at first, at first he was like so gung ho, being like, "Oh no, she's gonna be fine." Because Cully even said like, "Oh, yeah. it's too early." this is terrible and the marquis is just like don't tell your mistress any of that she needs to be focused and then once he hears her screaming it um, brings it all brings back back the memories and he was like your mom screamed like that and so Locke is just like fuck this i'm going up there (laughs) i love it yeah because men aren't supposed to go in there but he goes in there anyways like i'm gonna be right here with you the whole time i love these scenes where the dads go into the labor room because it's not done during this time but yeah i love how they're like i want to support my wife because it's just like it's the greatest act of love yeah you know um being there while the woman's doing all all the hard work the least they could do is (laughs) be by them her hand (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) and um she does she has a little girl and uh she has beautiful red hair and it's just they name and they her never Maddie, Maddie after the after mother and it's like beautiful. oh god it's so good and the epilogue is perfect as well because it's a couple years into the future and they've yeah. had a little boy after that but we get um the sense because um Portia is talking about how 
the Marquis spent less and less time in his own bedroom because mm-hmm. he was such a great grandfather to the kids. Yes. He always played with them. Like he, their the, kids he are a little wild. To them, yes. Like they love their, you know, grandfather so much. It's just love. that scene was so sweet. They're sort of dancing around on the terrace together. So it was beautiful. So cute. I love it. Oh I God. love it. And, and throughout then, the whole book, he has been saying like, you know, as soon as Locke and Portia got married, he was, you know, crying out in the middle of the night and Locke had to go lock him in his room to make sure he wasn't going to go right on the moors in the middle of the night. And he's just like, he's talking to his dead wife saying like, Lenny, he's married now. Like, come take me. Like, yeah. he's so desperate to be with his wife again. Like, he's like, okay, he's set up now. Like, take me. I'm yeah. ready to go and die. Like, my work is accomplished. But like, I like how he stayed but with I, them I, years. I, I like, well, I like how, yeah, they didn't have to like lock him up anymore. And he didn't talk to like you know shadows in the corner anymore he spent more time with the actual children yes he was like very making much more new present memories and, and yes. yes and loving the family that he had but this in the, was in the present and this is around so christmas time too, it's ra- it was it's it snowing it outside. is as a matter of fact father christmas was coming the next yes. day so this is christmas eve yes and i love we go to um Locke's point of view killian and he wakes up in the middle of the night because he hears a ticking and it's all the clocks have been reset and, yes. he's, and he's like oh my god i'm gonna start to cry <laughs> So he has to go. He has to go see his father, and she wakes up. She's like, "What?" And he goes, I, "I something's wrong. I have to go see find my father." And he knows he's dead. Yeah. And she's like, "I'm going to come with you." And he's like, "I'm going to need that. you." I love that. She's how, like, I'm how, need you. how he was like, "You can stay in the room if you want." And she was like, "No, no, you're, you're gonna not going to face this alone." Yeah, they both know the ticking of the clocks is he's saying goodbye. He's restarting the time, yes. and he's going to be. With he Lenny. set he set all the clocks to the right time because he was like, "It's my time to go." Yeah, and so they find him outside, <laughs> laying on the grave, curled around the gravestone, and like he hasn't even been dead for that long because he's still a no, his bit body's warm. still warm, and there's barely any snow in him. So they know that his heart gave out. He yeah. didn't freeze to death or anything. He no. knew he was going to die. And he went. He wanted to, to be with his wife. Oh. There is an imprint on his cheek. Yes, and Portia is like, it looks like someone kissed him on the and cheek. And of course, Locke's like, and no, Locke's it's like, a paw print. It's an animal paw print. It's a paw print. <laughs> but in that moment, he sees something at the corner of his eye, as if two people holding each other, walking away together. And when he turns to look directly, they're gone. And it's like he knew that was his mom and dad. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm and Portia's cry. like, Portia's like, 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 if you want to believe it was an animal paw print, but I chose to believe that your yeah. mom came and got him. Got and him. they're like walking together happily and oh my watching god, it was over so us beautiful. and stuff. And it was just like, this is such a good book, guys. <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> So Y'all, good. so good. Oh my God. So I love them good. so much. Yeah. My my favorite. My favorite. So yeah. I so, mean, this whole series was just phenomenal. It was just so good. So showdown. I'm first. Okay. You can go first. I definitely, <laughs> I have my showdowns. Well, and, and it was very hard, but I actually picked two showdowns, of course, but I'm <laughs> only going to say one. And then if you don't say the other one, which you probably will, um, I'll share it. But, uh, my showdown for Locke and Portia is when he comes in all calmly and claims her. And that, at the end? No, no, no. At the, yeah, at the very end when he comes to Sophie's house mm-hmm. and is like, I'm in love with you and you're going home and you're never leaving me again. You're never leaving me. And it was just like, it was so beautiful because he's been so very impassioned in everything mm-hmm. he does. But this one is like he is solid. Like she's the one who's a little frantic and crazy. And he's like, nope. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. And it was yeah. just, 
It was beautiful. It was beautiful it was, for him to finally accept that he is in love with this woman and that he is this never is letting 100%. go. This is one hundred percent. This little bitty misunderstanding is not enough for him to be yeah. like, "I'm done with her." Like he's just like, "Absolutely yeah. not. I can. I can't live without her." Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Beautiful. My showdown scene, which was not that scene, is my favorite. Is whenever the mu- music room is open and <gasps> that one is he beautiful. goes down on her because it's just like, <laughs> first of all, it's such an in- intensely hot scene. I mean, come yeah. on, the woman is playing a piano and he's just like, yeah, keep playing and like let me crawl underneath this <laughs> oh, piano. So and I'm hot. just like, damn, like these people are like they will do it anywhere, okay? Yeah. And I love that for yeah. them because you don't often, especially with historicals, because most of the time the heroine's a virgin, and so it's like you can't just like start, you know, having sex with them all over the house. You can't, right. like, scare them. Yeah. And, but she's experienced. And so right. he is very free with how aggressive he is and how Because she's very open to it. Yeah, she's very much like, damn. I love that moment where, like, before they go in to dinner, this is, like, a separate scene, but we didn't really talk about it. Before they go into dinner, and he's, like, looking at the desk, and he's like, I could totally have her right now. And then he's like, no, 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 no. Let's go eat dinner first. <laughs> and then, like, she's walking, and she says, I, I wouldn't object. I would not have objected to the desk. Yeah. And he was like, fuck. Like, I know. <sighs> Damn it. Well, and even that one time, where was, where were they? I don't even remember where they were, where he takes her from behind. She's like, she's, and he says, you said I could take you from behind. She like looks over his shoulder, like all coquettishly, yes. like, you go for it. Yeah. Like, go like, ahead. I'm take me. Open. That so was hot. I love the way Ugh. that they're really hot, but I also just, it was such a funny scene because it the, was, the Marquis walks in and just like, what are you doing? And I like how Locke he tries to play it off. How he tries to play it off. Like I'm tuning the fucking piano. Like sure you are, Locke. Under her skirt. It was also just a good moment because it was like, I didn't know how the Marquess was going to react whenever he sees this Roman Reels. And I was expecting possibly like a setback of him like going a little bit mad, but like, he was almost peaceful. He was like, yes, pour me a scotch. Like, yes. let me sit down. Keep playing and stuff. And that was and the then, beginning like, of And then, like, a good father-son moment as yes. well. Like, it was just, like, everything that I wanted yes. happened in that scene. Yes. It was just – it was yes. hot. It was funny. And it was heartwarming because of the Marquis. And I'm just Absolutely. like, this is, this is, like, the whole book encompassed. Like, everything. Yeah. It, the humor, the hotness, the steam level is amazing. And just the, the sense of family – it's perfect. And yeah. I'm just, I lo- that I'm was a love great scene. That was a great scene. And um, and so I'm going to say one more thing. So my showdown for the whole trilogy is that final moment of uh, them going to the grave and finding the father, Marquess. And the, uh, it's just, it's beautiful. It was so touching. It just was. It was such a good ending to the entire uh, series. Yes, yes, it was perfect. It really it was, was so perfect. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so happy that we picked this book to do. Me too. So we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing The Takeover by T.L. Swan. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A.